0: Welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. are hearing We Can't Stop Here, This is Marlboro Country from Floral Patterns, featuring my new pal John Molina on guitar and vocals. Make sure you check out their split with California cousins after the interview.
1: I was born in Northern California, a place called Humboldt County. Um, but more specifically, I was born in um, Fortuna and grew up living in Ferndale. So these are very like rural areas of Northern California, about like four or five hours north of uh, San Francisco, and about like two hours from the Oregon border. Um, yeah, Ferndale was a very strange place, it was like a very farm town, to be exact. Uh, it was like one main strip that was all like Pennsylvania Dutch, like very uh, Victorian. But um, I had moved to Fortune in the next town over when I, uh, you know, got into junior high or whatever, and um, lived there and went to high school there. And um, but when I say Humboldt County, I guess it's like it was such a I wouldn't say a large area. It was a small area, but, like, everyone knew each other. And, like, all my friends lived in the next town over, Eureka, which, like, had a mall and, like, public transit, I guess. And uh, when I got old enough to work, you know, I was, like, working there. And when bands would come through, it would be in the college town called Arcata. So if I wanted to go to, like, a show, which were very few, far between, I would would go – to arcada eureka and there was a few venues hosting hosting shows but honestly it was like you know people were going up to seattle or portland and you know making their way down the west coast or up the west coast of san francisco and um that was like not a stop on people's lists really ever so music growing up was a, uh, was kind of out of the question. However, like I said, you know, like a four hour drive, uh, you know, once I got a license or I don't know, got an inkling for wanting to see live music, uh, you know, I would make a four or five hour drive and sleep in a car or get a motel or whatever to, to see a show I wanted to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what, what was your home life like? Um, did you have siblings?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually the youngest of, uh, five If I'm certain. And I, I say that because um, my father had a, some different wives and different relationships. And um, so I have four sisters and one brother.
0: Oh, okay.
1: um, not very close to my brother or a few of my sisters. Um, unfortunately, my father had a bisectomy that did not work. Um, and here I am. So my, my parents are a bit older. Um, my father passed away when I was 13. And uh, my mother's been disabled as long as I've been alive. And my, my father dealt with a lot of uh, health issues. So um, my household was so strange. You know, they never really worked. Um, and my father actually left when I was pretty young and went down to Southern California. So I want to say when I was about seven years old, I actually lived in uh, Orange County or Anaheim. Um, California, and from about seven to maybe like I want to say ten, I lived around in Southern California, and um, that's where like I learned how to ride a bike, and I learned like I picked up skateboarding actually down in Southern California, and um, I guess being surrounded by like palm trees and uh, skateboarding, I you know I got into like a good Charlotte or Green Day or Blink. Yeah. Um, but home life was interesting you know my my family has struggled with addiction for a long time and um like i said you know my father had uh different wives or different partners and so monogamy was not really a part of my family um and that's okay i guess
0: yeah sure um so you, so like you said your parents were older like um you know without like without really like knowing like how much older or whatever as i'm trying to like think like um did your dad you know or mom like did did they listen to a lot of music around the house and if so what was that
1: you know my my mother even to this day you know like I I got her a phone and uh you know I'm always talking about records or or uh music and you know I was always going to shows and things like that but she's never been really into music you know she liked Frank Sinatra I guess and she would sing in the household from time to time and some old timey songs that I'm not entirely familiar with but she she liked him, but she's not really into music. My father was um was like a DJ in the '80s, and uh, he took our my older sisters to like Duran Duran concerts when they were big. You know, I think oh, that was in the '80s yeah. as well. Yeah. So he was like a big fan of Duran Duran, which at the time I didn't care, but like as I get older, I, I actually do like Duran Duran, and like he liked um, you know, I think Daft like, Punk. <laughs>
0: Duran Duran is like when I knew I was I was like gay. Is I was like oh hell yeah like these suits are ridiculously attractive <laughs> like <laughs> i i was like a li- i was real little and i was like wow wow you know <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i mean i mean you know um, that's wild so like dj um d- your dad dj'd like parties or like on the radio <laughs>
1: Um, both actually, I think he had a radio show, you know, um, he had a really good voice. I forget, you know, the names of the, the programs or whatever he was doing, you know, but, uh, yeah, man, I think, you know, he toted around a bunch of records in Southern California for a long time. And, um, he loved like Daft Punk and the B-52s. Those are kind of things he put me on to. Um, you know, maybe I heard a few songs by The Clash, but yeah. I don't think he was like big into rock and roll. Um, hmm you know, I think he liked David Bowie, things like that. But um, it was my older sister, Stella, actually. So I, so when I say I have four sisters and one brother, I grew up in a household with that um, one sister, like, most of my life. And she kind of helped uh, raise me. And um, music, it sounds cheesy, but it really started forming for me. Like, I think she played, like, less than Jake. Oh, wow. And she played, like, Newfound Glory. And this was, like, she was – um, this is, like, when – MTV was having a lot of um, music videos. So, like, I, I don't think Les and Jake had any videos, but uh, I remember New Found Glory came out with, like, Catalyst, I think if that's the name of the, the, the single. But, um, yeah, I remember being in the car, and I remember hearing, like, what I thought was pop punk or punk rock of that nature. Yeah. And I remember specifically saying, I want to hear every band that sounds exactly like this. And so that, you know, that... I dove into the realm of, like, yeah, like I said, Blink or Green Day, and um, I went on a few vacations with my family, but I don't really know if they're vacations. It was more of, like, bouncing back and forth from Northern California to Southern California and getting my, uh, like, joint custody, Mm -hmm. I should say. And um, Best Buy was a thing at the time, and I had a Walkman, and I remember buying, like, uh, simple plan like uh what was it no knee pads helmets something like that i forget yeah. the name of the record but um, you know when i it was like when uh, american idiot came out and um my my mother actually you know speaking of like northern california she had a friend named dan and dan's like a crazy vinyl enthusiast just loves music and he had like seen some posters in my room or this and that growing up and uh, he'd actually got me like enema of the state when I was a freshman in high school and you know, I think he bought me Buddha on vinyl whenever I like got a little bit older and was like starting to collect. Mm. So I had a few friends in my, you know, he was an older gentleman. He's, you know, still is, um, we're all getting older every day, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he has really good taste in music and still does. And even some of the bands I'm into now I share with him and I say, I don't know if you're going to be into this man. It's a little abrasive or, you know, this or that. And he's like, you know, uh, age is just in the mind – or age is, like, just in the body, man. Like, I, uh, I'm i young, just like you. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was my sister that really, really got me into things. And as things progressed, um, you know, she showed me, like, Into It Over It and Touche Amore and Tiger's Jaw, Joyce Manor, and uh, Balanced Composure. And that when that, like, wave came out of, like, No Sleep, Run For Cover, um, I kind of – really dove headfirst into that and uh it wasn't until like i guess i got a little bit older than i got more into like top shelf bands
0: mm-hmm. so did you were you just like once you once your sister starts showing you the stuff did you just take to the internet and, and start just <laughs> digging around that way
1: um, yes and no, like, you know, the internet was weird for a period of time. And at one point I actually like, I was straight edge at one point, And I also was like, I swore off the internet. Like I didn't have any social media when I was like in high school. And so, um, it was definitely like band camp, dude. I would like, um, I would like even now, nowadays, or, like when I guess when floral patterns first started, like I, i would just like search and search on bandcamp and i would like search the tags like pop punk or indie or emo or screamo and i would just find an album cover that looked cool and um go for it and also what really helped was like you know you could buy samplers from a lot of different record labels and i remember getting a lot of top shelf samplers yeah And, uh, it's actually funny. Like uh, I used to scream over toe songs in my car. When I, when I got a license, I uh, had this like top shelf sampler. I forget what year it was, but there was a toe song and what I liked was was just instrumental. And, uh, I was like trying to practice how to sing, I guess, or scream. And, uh, we had all these back mountain roads, like I said, living in a rural area. And, uh, yeah, I would just like scream in my car and like play this toe song over and over and over again until I got another sampler with with them on it or some other, uh, instrumental.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's, there's an album that I, that I'm like, I think it's like my favorite album of all time. And, and I'm always like, I want to like do, I want to do it. I want to record it and put vocals on it just and never show anyone. I just like, (laughs) it would be really wild to do it.
1: Um, well, people do people do that all the time, where they like will cover songs or do other people's songs. Like, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, not like I wouldn't be a huge fan of what you're talking about, just like huge fan of covering songs myself. But I think about it for sure.
0: Oh yeah, um, well, I'm. We do we do a, a a cover compilation every year on the uh, label now for like and we uh donate all the money somewhere. But uh yeah, it comes out right every on. every Halloween. So we just had one and uh Oh whoa. Yeah, we did we did nine inch nails this year, which I think it turned out well. Some Damn. other bands did like uh, Sepultura and uh some some cool stuff. But um yeah it's just like um yeah it's wild like when you think about uh especially like post rock, you know, like it's there's just all of these songs and it's just like what would this be like if it had vocals on it not to say that like it needs it you know or of course but like um i think i that's what i read about uh the band pelican they were like not intending to be an instrumental band at first and they were talking about like they wrote all these songs together And they were like, okay, I guess we will start uh, auditioning singers. And they're like, what kind of singer are we going to get? If we get somebody that sings, then our band is going to sound like this. And if we get somebody that screams, then our band is going to sound like this. And they were like, they couldn't decide how their band should sound once they had a vocalist, so they were just like, no. And that's why Pelican doesn't have a vocalist, because they were like whatever somebody does over top of this is going to determine like where we get placed musically. And so they didn't want that. And that's, I don't know, pretty interesting, but, um,
1: I don't know. I guess you could like run with it and maybe, maybe, uh, change, like some some fans of certain artists like get a little bummed out on that when like artists change their direction or they, they change their sound, but it's just like, just having fun, trying to make music, and trying to do other things. Like, and they could. I mean, I'm glad that they made that decision. I've actually never heard Pelican, so so I think after this, I'm gonna have to check them out.
0: Oh yeah, they're they're a great band. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, I think the one of the only bands that I can think of that did that uh, a bit for a little bit anyway was Dillinger Escape Plan. You know, when they had
1: oh hell like, yeah
0: original singer, and then they had Mike Patton. And then they got like someone else that sang a lot more and they then they kind of just went with that from there. But for a little bit, they were really like, I think they were uh, polarizing for some people who really liked the original singer. And then it was like, what is all this? Um, yeah.
1: Um, I used to be pretty, oh, sorry. I used no, to be pretty ignorant with um with like bands or artists like first album you know i would always think that that was like the best piece of music they ever put out and i say that like like i was ignorant at the time you know what i mean and i there's still a lot of bands like first eps or something that really ring true and i i stand by that but i don't stand by that with every artist you know yeah people grow and they learn and and they change but uh yeah i used to just uh, you know it's like with pelican like that could have set the tone for them, and then and then it kind of may have tainted their career moving forward. And maybe taint is not the right word, but um, yeah, like that first taste you get or first impression of a band, it it could really uh, stick with you.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it it'll 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 pigeonhole you at least you know for like uh for a while you know until you maybe have some like major breakout or something but um fair yeah um so you said like it was like you were in southern california and you were like uh skateboarding and um just like getting into music this is of course going back you know before uh what we were just talking about before yeah Um, yeah were you also like um playing an instrument in school or were you like trying to play an instrument at at all at this time
1: a little bit so and so like instruments always were kind of, um, I don't know, a little intimidating for me. And, uh, a little bit after Southern California, my, my parents had actually decided to co-parent and, um, my father moved back up to Northern California and we lived in the same household, but my parents had different rooms. So that was also an interesting part of my, um, upbringing. But, um, at that point, I think I was like in junior high and I'd actually gotten a drum set. I, I, uh, for one, at one point in my life, I really liked the Foo Fighters. And I remember, I forget the single they came out with, the music video they came out with, but there was a, they, the drummer was playing a Gretsch Blackhawk kit. And I remember, um, there was this local music store in, in my hometown in Fortuna and I remember seeing it in the window and and it's not even that great of a kit, but at the time, like I just, I wanted it so bad. And, um, thankfully my dad had a little bit of money and, um, I think I, you know, mowed some lawns and and did some chores and did some other things to gain money. But, uh, yeah, I got the Gretsch Blackhawk and, um, I'd actually taken a few, like I wanted to be like in band, I wanted to be per- like a percussionist. I don't think I ever played like I don't say want to say live, but I never did like a rally or like a game with them. Like I didn't have the attention span, and I was getting a little bit of extra help in school, and um I don't know. I I I never could really play on beat, and I never wanted to play what they were playing. So I ended up like in my garage just playing drums and. Uh, that never really went anywhere. You know, I tried so hard, but, um, like I said, I got into skateboarding and, uh, it's funny. I actually broke my arm and then got a cast on it. And it was my, it was like my first day of seventh grade. I like broke my arm and, um, I also, like, in my my junior high photo, I was wearing an anti-flag shirt. And maybe it was, like, seventh grade photo anti-flag, and then, like, eighth grade, it was uh, Alkaline Trio. But that's just, like, where I was at. You know, like the Foo Fighters. But, um, yeah, I had actually broken my other arm before getting the other cast out weeks later and was in in dual casts and at that point i kind of like i tried to drum a few weeks prior with the broken wrist and um it was it it wasn't working out so um i don't know i kind of just like fell off and i got more into skating and i was you know gonna be getting out of junior high soon and i you know i had crushes on girls or whatever and uh i had a lot of older friends that were partying you know i wasn't really partying at that age but I just got into a different crowd and uh, had other things going on at home. And unfortunately, like that drum set just collected dust and I I didn't really touch it again.
0: Yeah. So how did you break your arm? Did you break your arm skateboarding? Yeah, yeah. And so like Um, you, so you broke your arms skateboarding it, but the the drum set is what you were like, never mind. You kept
1: skateboarding. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I, and it sounds really uh, bat- backwards. I, I just I tried so hard to play drums and it just wasn't working for yeah, me. And um, also, I played open handed unknowingly, and um, I'm left handed, and I play left handed guitar now. But I played open-handed and I had broken my left wrist, so that was a complication. Getting right into junior high, you know, not being able to like write my name or my homework properly. But um, not only that, but you know, I guess I I wanted to meet some friends and all the friends that I wanted to have or saw what they were doing. I guess they were all skating, and at that point is when I got into like Chiodos and they were listening to like From Autumn to Ashes and From First to Last. And uh, scary kids scaring kids, and that was kind of like where that whole scene went. Um, and that didn't, unfortunately, it didn't last too long. I didn't, I didn't like stick with those bands, but now I find myself returning.
0: still really into music did you um did you think you'll try to pick up a different instrument or you just like kind of just did you know did the teenage like high school experience and didn't I, think about music as far as Yeah, playing? I didn't
1: I didn't really think about music as far as playing. I had a friend named Phil Deckett. And uh, he is now still in this project, but the project had just started. It was a two-piece. It was called This Week's Leader. And it was like kind of mathy, kind of emo, kind of st- like at first it was just an instrumental two-piece um, for a long time. And this was someone who I met like friend of a friend who was into, um, into skateboarding and was into the style of music that I wanted to listen to. And it was funny, like um, I had met him like skateboarding outside of the high school and um, he was like, do you want to play skate? And we ended up just like, you know, playing skate together and uh, pushing around. And, and I don't really know. We just like clicked and um, started hanging out a lot more. And he had actually put me on to bands like um, William Bonnie, um, you know, Merchant Ships, Midwest Pem Pals, um, Park Jefferson, uh, Brave Bird, you know, like you blew it. The list goes on and on. And, and I got more into like that type of emo and um he actually needed a drum kit to start that project this week's leader and so uh i ended up giving it to him i just gave it to him and uh i remember he traded me like I don't know, some records or some tapes and cds just to borrow just to like listen to i didn't even have a record player or a tape player i just wanted to like hold these things and have like tangible things in my hand i guess and i wanted to be around people creating and um we did a few like Practices or like jams, like we would we would like jam at his house. You know, I'd play drums or I'd like noodle around on the guitar, but I had no idea what I was doing. And I I just really looked up to these these guys that were a few years older than me, and um, we started like this like joke band called uh, Farewell My Friend. And looking back and listening to some of those recordings, it wasn't that much of a joke. Like it actually sounded okay like it's some stuff i'd listen to now and we were making screamo without knowing it or without like knowing that genre and um we recorded an ep with a of a camera that we filmed with skateboarding and my friend had this really nice mic and we just kept the lens cap on in his attic and we like played like a live ep like set and a few of the songs were instrumental and, but I was just doing standalone vocals and, and at the time, you know, I'd, I'd gotten more into like touche and, and law dispute. So it was like basically just like law dispute worship and, you know, hearing uh, some spoken word off of like, uh, Midwest pen pals or merchant ships. So yeah. And, and, and that's still online. It was called Plymouth Lake. Um, it was like, we named that cause like the girlfriend I had in high school, like moved away to, uh, to like some suburb and. In, uh from sacramento it was called like plumas lake or something um but you know i i at that point i was like you know maybe i'm okay at writing or maybe i can like scream a little bit or sing a little bit and and then i, I tried to noodle around and um keep it going but that band kind of took off in that instrumental direction and like left the other like our other friends behind we were just jam jamming together i guess
0: yeah yeah so how like <clears throat> how long was it till you like got it like got into bands that you know you were taking more seriously and like um you now you play an instrument now right
1: yeah i play guitar
0: okay i thought so but um <laughs> but like uh i think i couldn't like exactly figure out who did what in uh floral patterns cuz i was like looking online and i didn't see i I couldn't find information, <laughs> yeah enough. Like, because i i I chatted with you briefly, like just like in you know in a in the Facebook chat, and I had emailed with Thomas and Oh, uh, right on yeah, and so like but I'm like, okay, this is a cool band, and I've chatted with them or emailed with them, but I don't know what they do in the band uh, <laughs> so uh, um yeah, and uh um I didn't even uh, realize that y'all only just started like last year as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We started in the summer of uh, 2018. So I guess two years now, but maybe no traction for the, you know, maybe we played a live show a little bit too early on. I think, I think it was 20, might have been 2018 that we played our live show, first live show. Okay. Like, like really early on, too early if you ask me
0: just wasn't but good um
1: ever. um we were all just nervous and didn't really know how to play our songs to it or our instruments and uh you know you know we got off time a couple times and we saved it and um yeah just like the levels weren't right you know none of us had ever really played live and um i'd played I'd played like one live show prior. like you know when I was talking about this week's leader, we did a they were an instrumental band, and we like all kind of jammed together, but we'd written a few songs. And so me and my friend Ryan did like standalone vocals at a house show when we were like, you know I was like fifteen or something. So it had been a very long time since I had ever like stood in front of a crowd or anything. Um, but, you know, to answer the question about, like instruments i didn't start playing guitar until about three years ago
0: okay and how did you decide to go for guitar just drums drums weren't clicking so that was out but uh, so
1: it's funny you know we were talking about pelican we're talking about these like post-rock bands um it wasn't even guitar or instruments I was into. I was really into lyrical value and vocals and your voice. And I feel like from my upbringing and other things I've experienced and been through, um, I was also very artistic growing up, you know, drawing and painting and you know, skateboarding or making, you know, videography or photography. And I guess I wasn't really able to express how I felt anymore with just like I don't know colors and and painting and and photographs and things of that nature and and I really wanted to um get a message out that i I felt was important or like i don't know cathartic or therapeutic for myself and uh guitar was more of a vessel to deliver those words and just just as like listening to those samplers I was a vessel for me to like get out my emotions, I guess. And then same with even jamming with my friends, you know, they were all these really talented musicians and I would just come over and we'd, I'd scream in the room with them and and maybe we would record it. And, um, you know, I messed around a lot, but it was, it was so, uh, intimidating to me. And and I grew up, um, and I still struggle with it, but having ADHD and I was on, you know, uh, medication for like 15 years of my life. So I don't know. I just, uh, I never really had the attention span, or I guess like the self worth to think I was good enough to play an instrument. I looked at my friends as like superheroes.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's something that comes up a lot. Is, is um, you know, it, people feeling like there's a barrier to entry, you know, to play to play music, whether it's like, uh, whether it's you know, thinking that the 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 task itself is too difficult, or thinking that like. Um, the inspira- inspiration to write songs or something comes from some magical place or something, um, but
1: what kind of does? Yeah, I don't really think so. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I meant like the like the, the, in, the it is a magical thing though. Is what no, I, no, what the I meant.
0: the creation of music is absolutely magical. I mean, it's like you're you're making like you're making feelings like audible and um, yeah and is you know, the creation of it is absolutely magical. I, I think uh the fact that you know people can hear something and it can be universally loved or hated, you know, or both, um, is uh amazing. Um but I don't I don't think that it takes a you know, I don't think it that you have to be talented or I don't think that you have to like um be the hit by inspiration i, mean, I, I don't think any <laughs> yeah of, yeah I, I think that or
1: even like prodigies growing up you know or, or people who played guitar um most of their life or even uh, you know childhood prodigy just like being just ripping on the drums or guitar or whatever yeah
0: well i mean i'm not discounting that that these no. cases exist you know i'm i'm just i think that as far as the everyday person i i feel like you know they're What you're describing is like this idea that there's some barrier to entry is uh, I think that's prevalent in a lot of people's minds. And for different reasons, you know, um, the the way that they were raised, you know, has a lot to do with it sometimes, I imagine. And um, I just think that's all bullshit because, you know, I think that if anybody wants to do it and that they can do it and it's um, it's not it's it's easier for some people and it's uh not easy uh necessarily for most people but um there's like i mean i just think that you you have to put yourself in a position to where you can suck and you can (laughs) be bad yeah make mistakes like or you know i mean what does that even mean make a mistake musically there's not such thing as a mistake Um, but I mean, uh, like, I mean, if, if you mess up your song, you made a mistake, but I mean like writing a song, there's no such thing as a mistake. Um, but yeah, I just think like, yeah, a lot of people sit with that. It really sits with them, that idea that they, oh, I don't know, guitar, like, that's so hard. It's like, it can be as hard as you want it to be, or it can be as easy as you want it to be, like. I mean, um, if you really, like, want to just write a song where you just pluck on one string, like, and and you play three notes, like, you do that, and then you make another part that plays three different notes, and then you go back to the first one. I mean, it's like, I don't listen to this band a lot, but that's what the White Stripes sounds like to me. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah fair enough i mean like i'm not trying to insult that band like you can write good songs that way i mean
1: like, no 100 um like they're I'm, widely loved so yeah yeah so I'm, i mean I'm no just, surprise
0: like i'm just saying like you know if you think like oh i couldn't write a song or whatever like you absolutely can you know um and it's like the people the thing that people really struggle with once they start writing songs is they're like I can't write the song that I'm hearing. Now that's another story, <laughs> you know. That's a way longer conversation, you know, cuz if 100%. Yeah. You know. But um yeah, you um you said basically that like you know, the guitar was like your vessel to uh to get So were you were you basically like okay, I've been in some bands where i've done vocals but like i'm gonna make myself more useful more more like i'm gonna have like a a definite place in a band was that the part of the reason with with the guitar as well
1: yes yes and no you know i wanted to um I think I looked at it from like a singer-songwriter point of view. Not that I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. Not that I wanted to make like love ballads or like these indie emo songs or be Elliot Smith or anything of that nature. I just um, it seemed attainable to like sit in my room and learn how to pluck three strings and three notes and uh, just sing over it or or even scream over it. You know, it's funny. One of uh, the first times floor like me and Thomas, who you said you emailed with, got together. Um, it was almost like acoustic guitar, and I just screamed over it in my, uh, in my house that I had at the time. And that was awful, but I remember uh, reimagining that song, actually, and uh, I ended up, uh, I have a little like side project called like Words of Endearment, and they're just uh, songs that either we, uh, we haven't finished, and I, I tend to like take from them or, uh, ideas that I have that just don't really fit in the band. And, um, I've written a couple little, uh, little acoustic songs. I have a little EP and a split out, but, um, yeah, uh, it was, it was just a vessel, I guess. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. I'm oh, sorry. No, that's
0: fine. <laughs> So how would you, how, like, how did you, uh, how did you get a guitar and what did you do like once you got one to where were you just learning on your own or did you, you know, did you do like, like look at tutorial videos, like how to play or did you take lessons?
1: (laughs) Totally, totally. So, um, you know, I moved in, I moved to Portland, Oregon in like 2016 and, um, much larger city. I didn't have to drive four hours to go see a show. So there was all these shows coming through. And I was familiar with the DIY like house scene a little bit growing up. Like I said, there was a college town, and it's actually funny. I one of my first experiences with the this genre, I guess, screamo was. Um, I saw Kilgore Trout before they were Ostraka. Oh, sick! And I was fucking terrified. I had no idea what was <laughs> happening. Like You're terrified of Gus. <laughs> I was terrified. They were just <laughs> running around the room, and I was like, "This is." fucking insane That's awesome. and i had like i'd seen shows like the body um you know i, I don't know if you know or saw zegma beach put out antarctica
0: oh yeah i know who they are
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i grew up with all those guys those guys were the older cats and uh phil deckett was one of the younger one of the younger kids who made the the band this week's leader so that was kind of a spin-off and and i believe phil had done he had he wasn't in Antarctica but he had helped a lot with some production and maybe did some guest you know tracks and stuff of that nature okay but um so there was a little bit of a house scene but um coming to Portland I had um just met people in a wider area that liked the similar music that I did and we just like a lot of attraction we just we just linked up and um I started meeting other people and then finally I ended up living in a house full of musicians and you know, I still had this like drive to go to all these shows and just support music and listen every day online. And what I would do is I would like offer you know, my uh, I never had a space of my own, really, so I had a, I had a communal household and I would um, I hosted Portrayal of Guilt or I hosted California Cousins when they came through. Uh, you know, I think we hosted, I'm Glad It's You, um, just hosted a bunch of bands and um, would just like have them over and, you know, give them a house or make them food or whatever. And yeah, one time a band uh, was at the house and they said, so do you play any instruments? And I said, uh, no. And they just looked at me and said, why not? And it was silent. I I had no, I had no reply. I, I didn't know how to say, I had no answer for why I didn't play an instrument. This person said, you love music so much. You're clearly passionate about it. Why aren't you making it? <laughs> yeah. And they said, "Like this feeling you're telling me that music gives you, You can make that tenfold for yourself, or you can let others experience what you're feeling. And it just like honestly blew my mind. And um, I, I, the next day, I I didn't didn't really know about like smaller music shops at the time, so I was like, I went to the nearest guitar center, and. I think I called a few music shops, you know, trying to see in my neighborhood. And I didn't have a car at the time, so I, I called another friend who was like a multi-instrumentalist. And I was like, will you, will you drive me to, uh, you know, like 30 minutes away to go look at some guitars? And um, the only left-handed guitar I could find in the city that day. And I, and I wanted a guitar the next day. Like, I was just certain. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And uh, I'm going to do it. I couldn't find anything but a, a left-handed somber squire. Um, Stratocaster and so that was my first guitar and I bought it for like $90 I mean you could have done worse you know yeah (laughs) I mean we we recorded the first EP on that and it's funny you know we actually had it produced and I I had someone who was left-handed and had a lot of nice gear and was able to like I could have played on multiple different guitars and we actually tried but we we tuned to all these wild crazy tunings that i actually broke the strings um trying to play the nicer guitar and for some reason like the shitty intonation of my squire just like was working out and we're like all right we're just going to record it with this
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i don't know i mean you know sometimes it's like I, I don't know how people know everything that they know about like gear and stuff because sometimes you know you'll hear like oh uh-oh. if if you if you got one of these squires when they were made from um, 2017 to 2019 like those are really good if you got one that was made in 2015 those are crap you know if you got one that was made here, yeah really, it's strange like it's just it's just so it's so Dependent on, like, uh, I guess so many things, but like, yeah, it's, um, there's, there's some people that like swear by certain, um, uh, years or, or makes of like different, like, oh, like, um, the, the mexican strats are like this from this year to this year and i mean i don't know how you know you know all these things i'm not like <laughs> a, i'm not like a big gear person but every once in a while i just I'll have something and somebody will be like holy shit like this this thing that you have is this very specific thing that was like i had this symbol and i was like just Someone gave it to me because I had really bad symbols, and this person was like um, from like a really well-off family, and okay. I like I only met this person once, but they were a friend of my friend, and and I just was like I just have such shitty symbols, like, uh, you know, I was like Charlie, do you know anybody that like has a bunch of like junk symbols that I could buy or whatever, um. And Charlie was like, "Oh, my friend, you know, I'll see like, what, what he says." And he comes back and he's got he's gives me like two like broken symbols, but he's gives me this one that's like not broken. And I and I was like, "This is actually a great symbol." So I'm like, using this symbol for like a year. And I'm down in Denton, Texas, and my friend, someone who's my friend now, uh, Cade, uh, comes over and and Cade's like holy shit that's like this very specific like <laughs> zildjian that was made in istanbul and this year and blah 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 that's like an an 800 symbol and i was like
1: what <laughs> you like i just got this for free i was like
0: what i was like what he was like yeah that that that's like such a such a nice symbol and i was like i really do like it i'm like but what and uh yeah, end up breaking it, of course, you know, like an idiot. Damn. But, I mean, it's a symbol. It's eventually, it's just gonna break.
1: That's just some people like the broken symbol sound. Yeah, I mean, I like um, <laughs> maybe not for studio, yeah. for like studio well, music. But... I
0: mean, it depends. It's like I like um, I like. You know, they make these. They make symbols now, and they call them like junk symbols, or they call them trash, trash symbols, or something like that. Gosh, and I mean, like, there's
1: so much like. There's so much stuff like that, you can get yeah. like distressed clothing and paint splatter clothes, oh, and- of
0: course <laughs> but yeah they I mean they make symbols now that you can buy new okay. that are supposed to sound shitty, and I'm like, well, I just have broken symbols sometimes if i'm if I'm doing something that's like I just want to have some fun, and I'll record like I just record drums for this thing uh, with my friend and um and they haven't like said anything about the drums yet, but i Basically, I rigged up like two like trash trash cymbals. So I like I'm playing, and then and then I'm hitting this one cymbal. It's kind of like a china, but like a really shitty china. (laughs) Okay. It's just making this noise that
1: literally broken china. Yeah,
0: it hits real hard, and then it dies real fast. So it's like, and I'm like, this will be cool for this project to like make this real weird weird noise but, uh,
1: I guess it could be cool in the studio you could layer a lot of things and really have some fun
0: yeah yeah I mean yeah it's it's like you know um, if you like bands like Ministry or you know like stuff like that it's like you know fucked up sounding gears like way up your
1: alley. So. totally <laughs>
0: you got the guitar and um like how were you teaching yourself how to play
1: so uh you know i tried to do the whole thing where i was like yeah i'll learn like a couple green day songs a couple blink songs and i got some of them down i learned how to play damn it like i don't know welcome to paradise some other songs off of dookie um but i wasn't really having fun with that and you know early on in the conversation we talked about like you know you could just play like three notes on one string and it, it's a song mm-hmm. um, I lived with a, a good a friend of mine who is also into a similar genre of music that I am and uh, we both had a love for Empire Empire and uh, I really loved like it was, I don't even know what kind of label to put on them but it, it just had this uh, post-rocky vibe or this building vibe and this this these open tunings, I Actually, I think most of their songs are in standard with capos but um, my roommate was like, "Oh, I, I know what kind of music you're into. Like, like let me show you how to play an Empire Empire song," and um, then I started liking like just that sound, and and then he, you know, kind of I had a capo on, and that just like went, I don't know, it was history from there. And then you know, I tried to learn how to play "Never Meant" by uh, American Football and you know i got into the tuning that algernon Cadwallader was playing in and tried to play like spit fountain and things of that nature and um just realized it sounded amazing just strumming all the strings open and i could kind of just plant my fingers wherever i felt like it and um after a while trial trial and error of like locking myself away in my bedroom for hours and hours and on on end i started to make some sounds that i was happy with and uh I would record them to my phone, and I would actually like listen to them on my break at work. And I would just like fantasize about going home and like immediately playing guitar as soon as I got in the house. And um, I just fixated on guitar for for a long time, and uh, I didn't really have too much fun trying to play covers. You know, I tried to play uh, a couple State Line songs. It's a band that uh, is now also also okay, um, and yeah, I think you know I I wasn't big on covers, man. I just I wanted to create my own vibe and create my own feeling and and just just have that trial and error and work really hard at it. And and I did I reach out to a few friends that were pretty talented musicians and I tried to learn a few scales and I actually did take a few lessons. Um and that was primarily just like finger exercises and and learning scales but i i didn't take too like i didn't take the time to in in lessons or with my friends and maybe i should have but um i had more fun just playing whatever the hell i wanted to alone
0: yeah yeah for sure so how long was it before you uh started a band playing guitar
1: i want to say like a year which seems like crazy but um it was funny how, how Tom and I had met was, uh, we were, we were just going to the same house shows or the same shows at these venues. And we kept seeing each other and we'd see each other at every show. And we had a mutual friend and, uh, Tom had come up and talked to them. And, uh, you know, I had waved and said, hello. And, uh, they were like, Oh, you, you don't know this person? Like he's at every show. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, I recognize you. And, um, yeah, I didn't even bought a guitar. Once I had met Tom, I, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about buying a guitar. Like, you know, all my friends are into music and this and that. And I was like, do you do you play an instrument? He's like, oh no, no, I don't. And he's like, but I'm thinking about buying a guitar. And I kind of like pressed him about. it. I was like, you should do it. Like, you should buy one. Like, seriously, I think you could like really make some cool music. And um, I called him up and and I had bought a guitar and was just like hey or maybe i didn't even have his phone number at the time i think i just ran into him at another show and i was like hey I, I did the thing i bought a guitar i've been i've been playing in my room and um i think that one day you know we just kept seeing each other and it was like hey do you want to come over and like jam or like maybe teach each other a thing or two and um it was like when when American football came back with like L P two maybe. I think there was like some tablature book and he had it and was like, Yeah, let's 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 like let's learn uh let's learn a couple American football songs and we learned like honestly, you know, and never meant and things like that. And uh that's when we actually did the the like acoustic song in my in my house where I like screamed over it and my voice was just breaking left and right. But um that's kinda how it that's kinda how it started and then uh that person who actually took me to buy my guitar named Jose, he was a multi-instrumentalist that's a bit older than us, and uh, he's now our drummer. Oh, cool. And, and it's been the same lineup from from the start, and to be honest, I could never imagine Floral Patterns being um, with a different lineup or, or any different than it is. It yeah. wouldn't be the same.
0: Is it? Is it just the three of you?
1: Uh, no, Nora plays uh, oh, okay. bass with us.
0: Okay. Okay, so... So, so, so Tom did get the guitar like shortly after you, and then y'all started jamming, and and uh, then y- y- were you? How did um, Jose come into the picture as far as like w- were you and Tom like writing songs together and say hey like we should we should turn this into a band or? How did
1: that you know, it's it's funny because I called Jose to go get the guitar with me, and you know, like I said, I reached out to a few friends that were you know, talented, what I thought. And, um, you know, he liked blink and he liked screeching weasel and, uh, you know, like propaganda. And he liked like a little more punkier things that were like the older pop punk jawbreaker. And, uh, I kind of vied with that. And I was like, yeah, man, teach me some power chords, you me some bar chords, whatever. And I, and I kind of knew the lingo from hanging out with so many musicians. And I, I kind of understood a few things. And like I said, I knew it around a guitar a bit throughout my life, but um yeah we got together me and jose and like at the time i was really into algae bloom and uh told slant and even like you said with the white stripes like a two-piece and even growing up you know seeing my friends take off with that little two-piece instrumental um at first it was just jose and i and uh we liked similar music we were both interested in art and skateboarding and um he was an older peer that I was like, maybe he can teach me a thing or two. And they were just sounding shitty, man. The songs like it just, they weren't working out. And Jose wasn't actually primarily a drummer. He's a guitar player and, uh, just happened to have a kid at his house. So, um, you know, I went to a few more shows and I told Tom that I was like doing that. And Tom was just a mutual friend that I had. And I guess someone to make conversation with, you know, that was shared the same views. And, um, i had a vehicle at that time and i think tom i don't know he hit me up on facebook or something and and yeah i actually drove him to get his guitar we we found it on craigslist and he bought a a telecaster and uh yeah i think you know a few weeks went by of him practicing or maybe months you know i'm not really sure um it seems like a blur but it all just kind of came together and once we once tom and i started talking a little bit more i was like you know i i know this guy who plays drums and then tom was like well i know this person named nora and uh i think they own a base. Yeah. <laughs> like um and and they they seem to be into like similar music as as you or i like you know coming from that rural area i was telling you about i was like talking to thomas and saying you know i don't know anybody who likes the same music as you man and he was like oh i have i have a friend that you'll be really surprised They know more than I do And uh, that, that's, when, that's when Nora came into play and, and they had been in I think one band in high school And they just seemed to have a bit Like more level head uh, They seemed to just kind of know A little bit more about music Than the rest of us They could count And they like knew scales and time signatures And uh, none of us really did
0: so you had like a good rhythm section, and <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and y'all could fake your way through the rest until it was, until it sounded good.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, even that's all you gotta
0: have, you know.
1: Yeah, even on the first EP, there's a there's a song where I don't play guitar because I was just like, I don't know what the hell to do. So we have we have one song where I don't play guitar, and it, it's fun live. It's really fun. Um, I like to like put down the guitar for a minute and. uh, but yeah, and, and Jose is in his 30s, and, and he's been playing multiple instruments for many years and, and being a music enthusiast, so um, yeah, he, he just stayed in the pocket and, and held down the rhythm section with Nora. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I was looking, in, and your first EP says, says uh, May of 2019. Um, so how long were y'all a band before you did your first recording?
1: Like I said, I think we started, like, when I bought that guitar and I was seeing Tom a lot, it was, um, it was in the summer of 2018. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, September was probably, like, one of our first practices. You know, I think we, we had all gotten together. Like, we, we made a pact to, like, and Jose doesn't really, he didn't really mess with the house show scene too much. But we all got together and we're, like, you know, Nora and, and Tom are always going to all these shows. But, um we're like it's invite Jose and we all just kind of like hung out and got to know each other and we started like spitballing name ideas and stuff and like you know ideas of how we wanted to sound or like uh you know, album art ideas or just like just like fantasizing about whatever the hell we could come up with but um what we had in our mind definitely isn't what we made or put on paper <laughs> um you know, like, yeah, we, we definitely didn't know what we were going to do. We, we had a trumpet in our practice space at first. And, and I like I said, I really loved Empire, Empire, and like Joie de vivre, And I wanted to sing over like noodley guitar. Yeah. But uh, quickly, uh, we just kind of realized that that wasn't working.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it, sometimes it takes, but, takes, you know, things take different turns than what you end up with was probably better anyway you know but
1: yeah i guess i didn't answer your question directly um it it took a while you know like our songs were not perfect and they really needed some polishing before we got into recording and i would say like we got tremendous support from friends and peers and people in the scene prior to our ep coming out and uh as you know with running a label and and being a multi-instrumentalist yourself like the time from when you write a song to when it's recorded to when it gets put out in the world is, especially someone having ADD like myself, like and just being impatient. It's it's taught me a lot more patience and it's a grueling process. Um, but it, it came out at a good time and and I was really happy with it. Nowadays, like we even talk about maybe redoing some of those songs on that EP. There um, half the time I don't want to play those songs anymore, but I laugh at that. But we will. And um, there's plenty of bands that I've gone to see where I'm like, play your first EP or play that one song, and they're like, "Shut the hell up. Yeah, We're playing our, ep- our new album entirely.:
0: Yeah, you were saying that you're, <laughs> that you're a real big like first first recording uh, type, type of person. Like you you think a lot of the first recordings are the best, but you're like, not my own. my own first recording, <laughs> no, not it.
1: Well, then again, like I think it has some sort of like charm to it, or like you said, magic. Like it, music yeah. is magical, and um, I think there's this honest, there's this honesty not only in my voice, but in the room that we recorded in, and within all of us and all of our instruments and, and the so- sounds we were putting out. There was a lot of honesty and uh, naive tendencies that we had, and um, yeah, I'm really happy with with how it turned out. You know, it is a little embarrassing, but then again, like even hearing. Your voice can be embarrassing. You're seeing photos of yourself can be embarrassing. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's I'm just sure. like
0: I'm notorious for like <clears throat> not watching videos and stuff of myself because I just I don't I don't know. I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I, I know this is a these questions are for me, but I had a question for you. Uh do you play drums at handy vocals in, in Coma Regalia?
0: I did for uh I d I did for um Like, uh, for like nine years.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um. Did you, any of you played live doing drums and vocals?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did. Many times? I did lots of, lots of tours that way. Um. Wow, man. Yeah. And and it wasn't until, uh, it wasn't until we did our first, uh, European tour that I was like, you know, I, I don't, (laughs) if, if we're gonna, if I'm gonna do this, if we're gonna go over there, if we're gonna spend the money on the tickets and we're going to. Uh, because I was like, I was like terrified of flying and I was like, there was so much, there was so much in my head, like to make this happen. There was so many imaginary, like, and real things to get over in my head. And I was like, this might be the only time I do this, like to muster up the courage or whatever. And, and the financially able to, you know, who knows? Of course. So I was like, I want to do, I want to do it. I want to play guitar. Uh, so I got someone to play oh. drums, and uh, then I was just like, I don't, like, I don't want to go back behind the drum set. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fine. I, th- I think it's fun to play drums and do vocals. Like I still do drums in Plague Walker. I don't um, do.
1: Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I don't do many. I forgot about. It. I forgot you did that band as well. Yeah. Damn.
0: I, I don't do many <laughs> vocals in Plague Walker. Like just whatever Oni tells me to do. Um, okay. But uh, I love playing drums, and I think playing drums and doing vocals is fun. But in a band, like when when you play drums and do vocals, and you're the like main like singer, like you see when you play shows like you see the other bands that where the singer is right and by the crowd you see like how much that energizes people more and stuff definitely and and i just was always like ugh, i want i want that that's what i want i want (laughs) to like be that close to the energy and you know and whatnot um so uh but yeah i um i did that for nine years and i still play drums wow. on some recordings but but
1: that's mostly, incredible
0: mostly i don't um do drums live anymore
1: uh yeah i think uh, yeah. one of my one of my favorite bands right now and, and someone who's been very supportive since the start of uh floral patterns i mean just on the internet but i guess you and i are just internet friends at this moment yeah sure <laughs> uh but uh closer closer is a, a band yeah. i really respect and love and um I'm forgetting the name of the front, the person who plays drums and does vocals. Uh, but Ryan. they're Ryan. Ryan. They're fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's the sweetest. Uh, you know, I don't know them in, in person, but uh, shout out to Ryan. I think you spoke with them on here before.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ryan's a, Ryan's a good friend of mine. They're great. Yeah, I, I love Ryan. I love. You, Ryan. I show
1: that band to a lot of people, and I'm like, Yo, this person's doing drums and vocals. Yeah. <laughs> and I show it to a lot of people that don't necessarily like uh, more abrasive, quote unquote, music, and I'm like. Dude, they're exerting themselves a lot. Like, how how can you not respect this yeah. <laughs> or like think this is like amazing?
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't mean to like be I don't mean to like brag or anything, but like, let me just say that Closer's next album is gonna fucking blow people's minds. Like, it is so good. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, I digress. I, I, I,
1: you know, we talk about we talk about uh, just EPs or, or like whatever you know, first recordings, and I know this. Uh, I believe. I'm forgetting the name of their LP it has the wolf on it. I I bought it and I was very excited to buy it.
0: But oh, what this I'm trying
1: to Yeah, what I'm trying to get at is that like I don't own a lot of records unless like LPs I should say, unless I'm like in love with that record and I really stand by it. And so that one was one I really I really had to own. So um I'm excited to see what, what's to come.
0: Yeah, the new one's really good. Um but uh yeah, back to um <laughs> yeah. back to what you y'all just released a split with California Cousins it's uh, really cool um, what are the plans like for the future like as far as are you like now that you've done like an EP and this split like are you um, trying to focus on writing like an LP you mentioned re-recording um, some old songs possibly <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like, there's idea to uh, maybe re- re-record a song off the EP, but, like, you know, that's just us talking shit back and forth. You know, it may come to be, it may be a filler. You know, there might be even be songs that we're writing now that may not make it on the LP or, or what. But, um, yeah, you know, the plan right now is to write an LP, and that's been in the works for some time. Um, there is a few videos online of us playing songs that aren't, you know, recorded or like on the internet because their plans for our LP, we're about like three songs finished, maybe four working. And if we do re-record one, that's five. So, um, you know, we're not trying to put a number on how many songs the LP will be or what date it'll be out. Or what sound we're trying to go for. We're just trying to push each other, better ourselves as musicians, and better our songwriting. And when it feels finished, and when it feels like things fit in, like it, it'll be done. And um, you know, I don't think we'll argue about track listing, and who's to say in the future? But uh, you know, we will. We will see fit. And uh, I don't know. I think i have definitely been influenced by a lot heavier bands. And um, I've been kind of backtracking talking about, uh, you know, learning guitar where we just, we just wrote a song in standard and I've been getting the standard. I was learning a lot of like Joshua Fit for Battle chords and like some uh, Satia and Orchid songs and just trying to see what like where they're putting their fingers and what their like strumming patterns are. So I've been really picking apart a little bit heavier of music, um, quote-unquote, <laughs> than than what we are now. And not that we're trying to sound like anything, it's just like dissonance is really um, ringing true in my my mind lately. And uh, some of those like, you know, maybe it's a change of season, but some of those like spookier chords or... Whatever. So but then again it's like I'm always teetering. I'm like, damn, I'd love to do some tappy noodly shit. That would be so fun. But um like I said with floor patterns, like it just it just kinda comes out organically and uh if it's tappy, great. If it if it's if it's like more dissonant, maybe we even get into drop C, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah, for sure. All right. Um well, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about um before we take off? Or um
1: Um not, not exactly. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, we will we will be putting that out soon, and hopefully, we can all uh, tour once things are safe. And um, maybe you and I can play together, and I can I can meet Ryan and all these uh, other people, and I can tell uh, the person from Ostraka that they scared me when I was a teenager.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gus, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, maybe so, you know, and. I'm, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be making music, and I'm happy to be talking with you and um, making friends. You know, I can't iterate enough that we wouldn't be where we are without the support from all of our friends and family and the people who seem to like our music. You know, just us being honest and true humans. And um, yeah, you know, and we talked about a little bit earlier about music being this this magical thing that's unattainable, but um, I don't know who will ever be listening to this, but uh, it—I can. Everybody, um, no one's a superhero, and your your heroes will definitely let you down. Maybe that's a little bleak, but uh, it's—it doesn't take rocket science to uh, to make some music. Just like be yourself, and and it's—it's it's everybody in the scene, and a lot of mutual friends that you and I have. Like, they're all influencers and they're all people who push me to uh, to be better every day.
0: that was my conversation with John Molina. Thanks so much, John, for taking the time to chat with me. Until next time, take care and do good things.